why I just want to say it's good to be here today in the house of God, and I uh, I can want to thank you for just praying for this day and and praying for me that the Lord would just reveal something and share something that would be a benefit to all of us. Um, I feel like that what we've already heard would be pretty well parallel what I would like to share here today. And if there would be a title to my message, I think it would be titled like this, that we are, are we getting ready for the kingdom of God? And we need to be getting ready, and we need to be ready. You know, I've often heard it said already that we just don't need to get ready, we need to be ready. And so, as we think about like we shared prior uh, in our uh, devotion this morning about Matthew 24, and, and uh, many of us heard that many times, that Jesus is coming back, and he will come back for his people. And, um, you know, I, I really believe that we today as people, we can talk about, we can talk about the depths of hell and the heat of hell and, and the temperature of hell. and we, we can talk a lot about that, but I don't believe any of that will get us to heaven. It's going to take the blood of Jesus. It's going to take Jesus' blood will set the violent sinner free. And it's been once said, I've heard it said, that we need to be more than just firefighters to go to the kingdom of God. We, we need to... Um, Yes, it's good to remind us that we is that the contrast between heaven and hell, and I'm I'm going to share that somewhat today on the the rich man and Lazarus, where there's two different places, two different kingdoms, and I'd like to share that. But I'd like to say today, I'd like my my greatest challenge is not to scare people about the word hell. But remember, there is an alternative, and that is heaven. And the bliss of heaven, we will not either get to heaven but talking about, you know, we say, you know, the Bible tells us it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. But that will not take us to heaven. We can think about the bliss of heaven. We can think about the, the flowers in heaven. We can think about the singing in heaven. We can think about the loved ones in heaven, but that will not take us to heaven. And again, it takes the power of the blood. It takes Jesus Christ. It takes the blood of Jesus. And you know, I, uh, I, I guess there's just so... Um, I talked to somebody last night that we were on the same page. And don't get scared because I'm going to try to be timely here. It was actually Marlon, uh, Dean's brother-in-law. He said, you know, I kind of had three messages kind of wave channeling in here. And we're going to have to kind of figure out what we're going to speak. And, you know, I kind of found it the same way. I, I, I don't know why, but it just seemed like so many things were coming and coming kind of in different directions. But, you know, last night I woke up after midnight. And it just came clear to me. Getting ready for the kingdom of God. And to be, uh, be ready for the kingdom of God. And it reminded me of, um, um, you know, as we think about um, 
You know, just this past week we had, or might have been last weekend or anyhow, we had them storms. And we seen a lot of trees that were blew over. And, um, you know, those trees, I believe perhaps they have been tried by the storm from that way of the wind many times, and they stood the test. They, they stood the test, and they, they, took the, they took the blunt of that wind. But perhaps I think it, it had a little bit to do with the root system getting soft by all the moisture and the wind coming from a di different direction, and it took those big trees. And it brought them, you know, that's just the way our Christian life is. You know, we have been, been tried. We have been tested. And, you know, we have maybe weathered the storm, but sometimes we kind of let off the throttle and we get, uh, we get a little bit lax with God. And God, you know, we need to be, we need to be on fire. We need to be, we need to be ready. We need to be encouraged to love each other, to forgive each other, and, and to uh, uh, prepare to meet God. And, and you know, I just, in, in talking about that oak tree, it reminds me of uh, which some of you would know that I've always appreciated uh, Eugene Acker as a preacher. He was always a mighty little preacher, and, he, and, and I just never will forget, he talked about, he had this oak tree at, at, the, at the end of his drive, and then as you turn in there, there was a sign, prepare to meet God. But one night a storm came, and the wind came from a different direction, and that tree did go down. And this tree laid there with a sign down, face down, you know, prepare to meet God. And we know we need to get our face turned towards heaven. We need to have our zeal and our cups turned up. And we need to let the blood of Jesus cleanse us. And, you know, I, um, you know, I have to think about, as I think, as I think about getting ready, and we need to repent for the kingdom of heaven is hand. John began his message in preaching, and Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And, and you know, and unless we become converted and become as little children, we will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, we, there's all kind of things that the scripture would back that up. And last but not least, when Peter was preaching in the day of Pentecost, he said, Go let all the house of Israel know surely that they have made this same Jesus whom you've crucified, both Lord and Savior. And when the hurt people heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, and they said, Men and brethren, what should we do? And he just simply said, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you for the remission of your sins, for this promise is unto you and your children and to the many as the Lord God has called. And so we had to... Um, <coughs> today, I'm thinking about a little account that was always very near and dear to me. And the person that involved is sitting here today, and that's Clara there, um, which was her first husband's name was Ernie. And uh, myself and Carolyn were there at the hospital, and I know that you remember this account. In fact, we were just faintly talking about it this morning, but I never actually told you what the statement was made there, and I'm sure you'd remember this. But we were there at the hospital, and, uh, and Ernie was dying of cancer, and uh, 
And I never will forget the glow and the anticipation of going to heaven, the excitement of, of going there. If, and, and, you know, he looked at me, and, and I don't know for sure if he was able at that point to even get up. I'm not sure about that, but I think it was very borderline. But anyhow, he almost come out of that bed, and, and the, the, the statement he made, and I think you would probably remember this, uh, Clara, that he said, you know, he said, you know, Clara, for Clara, he said, it's a liability. But for me, it's an exit into eternity. And, you know, that was just like, you know, he, he, was, he was excited about moving on. And it was just an exit into eternity. And, you know, for him, that's a blessing. And, it, and it's just a blessing to know that our loved ones are in the bliss of heaven. But, you know, there is people that are taking that exit and they're getting on the wrong exit. And that's what we need to encourage people. We need to warn. We need to exhort. We need to preach. We need to teach the pathway to God. And, and you know that as I think about that, repent before the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you, you would like to think, you would like to think that as we grow old, we, we would just... We would just grow and we would just grow and we would just mature and we just mature and we would be untouchable by the storms of life. Thank you. But it's ever so true. It's ever so true that we need, we need to repent. The bottom line is we need to repent. You know, our Sunday school lesson was very touching today. It was very touching. You know, God, you know, God moves us, and I'm sure the Lord has probably moved us a lot of ways in, the, in that Sunday school lesson today. And as we think about, I, I'm going to read the scripture about the rich man and Lazarus, and it starts in 19 in chapter 16 in Luke. And you can read you can read there with me, and I'm not probably going to make a lot of comments about it, but here's, you know, it. Uh, it talks about, um, in verse 19, there was a certain man that was, you know, that he fared with fine, purple and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. And, you know, just at just that particular verse, how close do we get to that? You know, there was a certain rich man, it says. That he, he was in purple and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at the gate, full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked the sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, it says, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off in Lazarus, in his, in his bosom. And he cried and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And sent Lazarus that he may dip his finger of water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest good things, likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And we see here, <coughs> for the sake of my throat here, I think I'll just... You know, you know the you know the Bible here. You know the Scripture, and you know he 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 made this plea. He made this plea. 
you know, I, I have five brothers that are still back home. Hey, go from, from, from hell and go tell them about this horrible burning place. And, you know, the Bible says that, um, you know, as we already heard today, as it was from the days of Noah, that's the way it's going to be when the Son of Man returns. As it was in the days of Lot, as it was uh, in the days of Sodom, it says it burned far in brimstone from heaven and destroyed how many? It says all. And, you know, like I said, I don't believe that the temperature of hell, and it says that there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and the fire is not quenched, will save anybody. I, I'd, just, I'd like to make that very clear today that we could spend here all morning and we could spend hours here talking about the contrast between hell and heaven, but it, that actually will not take us to heaven. And it, you know, we just need to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, we can see, you know, I'll, I'll be, this is my confession to you. You know, brothers and sisters, we like to think sometimes we have forgave somebody. We have not. We, it is all gone, and it's all under the blood. And just like the enemy will come to us, and he'll try to kind of distract us and try to remind us and try to think, make us think of what kind of a bad deal that was. But you know what? We may, we're going to make, if we're going to make it to heaven, we may we're probably going to have had bad deals. We're probably, we're going to have to forgive. We're going to have to, you know, forsake everything. We're going to have to take everything to the altar and to the cross. And if, you know, whoever it is, if it's somebody you're sitting beside, if it's your wife, if it's your husband, if it's your brother in church or whoever it is, we must forgive. And that's what it's going to take us to get to heaven. It is not, it is not uh, so much. Yes, it is true. The Bible is very clear that hell was not only a condition, it was a place. But you know what the very, the other side of the coin is heaven. It says, let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me. And it says, if my father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, he said, I would have told you. But he said, I go to repair a place for you. Then where I am, there you may be also. You know, I, I'd like to today, you know, wouldn't it be wonderful today that we could just fly out of this room into heaven? But we have to wait on our turn. You know, it, it would be a wonderful feeling just to fly out of here and go and be ever with Jesus. You know, you know, we, we wear out. We do. We wear out. You know, there's, you know, we pray. But we need to fall flat on our face and just, just pray out and cry out to the Lord Jesus. You know, we need to be just like the publican and the Pharisee. The Pharisee, he got up and he prayed. And he said, I thank God. Of all the things, and he said, he even went as far, he said, I even thank God that I'm not like this publican. He said, I, he, he talked about a lot of good things he did. He said, I fast twice a week. I give tenths of all that I give. He, he did a lot of things right. And the, and the publican simply just hit his breast on his, on his chest. And he said, God, be merciful 
to me, a sinner. And that's where we need to be. God be merciful to me, a sinner. And we need to just cling to the blood of Jesus. I, uh, I, I don't know, uh, hope it's okay if I repeat this. I know I've said this different times. But, you know, there was, um, there was an account where, you know, the, this was told as a true story. And I, you know, I have no reason to believe that it wasn't. But anyhow, it was, there was a snowstorm out in the west, and, and, and there, was a, there was a man got lost in the snowstorm, but, um, and somehow he ended up in a snowbank. But there was an animal beside him, and, and, and to his thinking was that it was some type of wild beast. So he simply took his hunting knife, he was on a hunting trip, and he took his knife and he stuck the animal and just as he did that, the animal popped up out of that snowbank and began to go home to where this man lived. What he didn't realize that it actually was his family dog. And the, the trail of blood was on the, on the white snow. And, you know, he just followed the blood. He followed the blood. And when he got there, his dog was laying there on his porch. You know, brothers and sisters, this is what I'd like to say. We simply need to follow the trail of blood that, that takes us to all righteousness and takes us to all purity like we heard today. Purity in our minds and our hearts and pure and holy before God. I, uh, you know, maybe sometimes I get a little radical. But I want it today, I don't want to get radical with you. I want to get radical with I, I want to, you know, we're, we're not, we're just here. We're on a journey. And, and you know, I, 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 I was, I looked and I will turn to that somewhat. I was just thinking so much about the prodigal son. You know, I, and I thought, well, to start with, this didn't sound right. And I thought, I want to get to where the prodigal son was at. And I thought, well, you know, we often look at the prodigal son like he was somebody that, he, he started out pretty reckless, but didn't mean, isn't that true for us? Didn't we start out pretty reckless? He said, give me. And then at the, as he went on, he said, make me. So that's where we want to end up at. I really believe that that's where we want to be. He said, make me one of your hard servants. And, and you know, uh, uh, well, you know the account. I'll, I'll read just some of the verses there in, in Luke. In Luke 15, it says, um, it's just a couple of pages so back from, uh, from your, in your Bible there, uh, the rich man and Lazarus. But anyhow, a, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said, Father, give me the portions of goods that fall to me and divide them in his living. And not many days after, the younger men gathered all together and he took his journey. How is it with you and I? Have we also took a journey? And we want to be sure that our calling and election is sure. And he, he took this journey and he wasted his substance in righteous living. But when he had spent all there arose a mighty fat in that land and he began to be in want and he went and joined the south to the citizens of the country and sent him to the fields to feed the swine and he would have faint to fill and did eat and no man gave to him. But here's what I'd like to say. When he came to the end of himself, he said, how many fire servants, 
Have my father that have bread enough to spare, and I perish from hunger. He says, I will rise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. He says, make me one of your hard servants. Make me. So he went from give me to make me, and I simply believe that he went from a selfish heart to a surrendered heart. He, you know, he, his first of all, you know, as a baby, we are born with our fist gripped, and we are grabbing for everything that we get a hold of, but when we leave this world, our hands are open, and we fly away. Brothers and sisters, you know, we need to let go. We need to quit gripping onto the things of, that are not of God and open up our hands into Jesus, the offer and the finish of our, of our faith, and take everything to the cross. And, you know, I, I, you know, this prodigal son, he said, I have sinned against heaven in thy sight, and no more worthy to be called a son. And I always enjoyed the story of his dad. When he was yet a great way off, his father had compassion. And he began to run. And he went out to meet him, and he kissed him. And, he, and his son was there with open arms. And I believe all along his father was praying and forgiving. He never stopped either one of them. I think, I think that's a picture that we has got to take as our, as our, and you know, as we think of this account, the prodigal son is exactly at the end of his journey is exactly where we need to come to. It's exactly where we need to be. He was simply said, he said, I have sinned. And, you know, there's, uh, there's one man that I, I guess I've shared a lot about this. Uh, it's a song that we, we, we all enjoy singing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And that was written by John Newton. And he wrote this song and, 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 it, and it goes something like this, you know, uh, uh, amazing grace. And, and you know, I, I found this in our daily paper one day. And, and in the middle of the paper, it simply said, how sweet the sound. And, you know, for, for you to see something like that in your paper, it immediately got my attention. But on this story was a story, and I cut it out, and I have it here in front of me. Was it the song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound that Saved the Ranch with Me? He says, I was once lost, but now I'm found. And was blind, but now I see. You know, the, these are the, the words of Amazing Grace. And you know, at the end of that song, I don't think he lived to write this, but it goes, when we've been there, 10,000 years bright shining out of the sun, we'll have no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Now, you know, if John Newton could be forgiven and he could take, they said as a sailor, he had one of the most uh, profane mouth and the, the ugliness. And if he could take, if he could take his life and turn it around and spread the good news of Jesus, which... Which, which he did, and pen a song, Amazing Grace, that saved the ranch like me. If he could do that, every person in Davis County can do it. We just need to, we need to, we need to, you know, it's okay to think. 
yeah, I've not been a good person. It's okay to think that. But I don't think we want to stay there. We don't want to just waddle and say, I was a horrible person. I was, I was a, you know, we could even say like Paul, I was a chief of sinners. We were. We were right there. But we need to come up under out of that, and we need to let Jesus cleanse us and clean us up. And like, the, you know, like the, the prodigal son there. You know, he, he was in the hog pen, but God cleaned him up. And God can clean us all. And, and you know, I, I want to make sure that as I'm talking here today, I'm not trying to talk to you like I'm talking to sinners. That's not what I mean. I just want to remind you that if God reveals to us that we need to repent of something, we need to repent. We need to, to act fast, so to say, in the words, you know. And, and we need to be, uh, we see here that, uh, you know, we all have a past. There's nobody here that doesn't have a past. And really and truly, no better than I know you, and maybe some of you don't know you very good, but I do know that past was sin. You were born with a sinful nature, but now you have come out. You have, you have come out of that, and God has put a new song into your heart, and he's brought you up out of the horrible pit, and he's placed your feet upon a solid rock, and that's where I, I trust you're there today, and I have no reason not to think that you are. I just want to encourage you that, you know, that he brought us up out of the horrible pit and put a new song into heart. And we were, as I think today, as I think of a way of, of coming to a close here today, um, you know, sometimes we just, we just almost stop at our tracks and we think, how can we know the way? You know, how can we know? Just simply... Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's, there's only one way, and, and the blood of Jesus is going to, it's going to, you know, we could take all kind of, I, I, you know, we could take the adulterous woman. Whenever those, all those people were saying, well, you know, she deserves to be stoned because she was a wicked woman, and she was caught in the very act, and and all at once, you know, Jesus wrote something on the ground, and I don't think the Bible really says what it says, what he actually wrote there, but he wrote something on the ground, and, and all at once the people begin to leave. And, and uh, Jesus looked at this woman, that, and he said to this, this woman that was accused of adultery, and he said, where are all your accusers? He said, don't, don't men, no man condemn you. She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus simply told her, Neither do I condemn thee, but go and sin no more. I, uh, I just want to encourage us all today that, that we need to, you know, as I think of the thought, what is, what is our purpose of living today? There's really only one purpose, that's heaven. That's the only reason. You know, we, we, have, we may have a lot of things that distract us. The real purpose of living is being born so we can die to go to heaven. And there's only, there's, we just being born in this body, in this flesh, 
to crucify this flesh, to deny ourselves and to take up the cross and follow him daily and all the way to the cross. And I, um, it, yeah, like it was mentioned, you know, someday the trump of God will sound and that, that we that are alive and are remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. He says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. May the Lord bless today and keep you. I, uh, I had actually planned on sharing some from Matthew 24 here, but I, I think that was already said. And I'll just uh, think thanks for what was brought here earlier. And may the Lord bless you today as we, uh, as we think about uh, we, we think about our journey here on life and, and as we think about making, making preparations to go to our kingdom, the kingdom of God and to make our calling and election sure. May the Lord bless and keep you. I, I think we'll just bow, uh, kneel for a word of prayer. God in heaven, I just come before you today. I thank you, Lord, for this day. I pray today that a little bit we shared here today, that it would remind me and everyone here that, yes, there is truth. There is, there is a hell and there is a heaven. But above all that, there's a Jesus that, can, that we can take all of our sins to and he can cleanse us and he can forgive us as far as the east is from the west. And help us, Lord, to, to love each other. Help, Lord, that we forgive each other and that we would, uh, would be unified and, and to be in one accord and, and to be a, a group of people that we can hold each other's hands uh, on our way to glory and, and, and to hold the banner high. And the Lord, we just pray today that May your will be accomplished in each one's life. And we pray for the young people here today. Lord, we know that uh, perhaps there's some here that, you know, Lord, what is my will? What do you want out of me? Well, Lord, I just pray that you would just reveal to them uh, your path, your direction. That most of all, we do know that it's a direction to follow you. And we pray a blessing on each one that's here today. We love you. And thank you for dying on the cross that you went all the way to Calvary and you didn't stop. And you, uh, even though you couldn't completely carry the cross all the way to the hill, you, uh, in, in your mind and in your heart, I believe, Lord, that you were truly going all the way for my sins. And thank you, Jesus, for dying and cleansing the blood and that you could wash it whiter in the snow. We ask all this in your precious holy name. Amen.